about much if you're going to talk about clothing, Graham. kids how are you doing today I, I had a thought the other day that's incredibly easy to forget that you're wearing clothes that's not to suggest that you suddenly think that you're naked or that you are naked maybe you are naked I don't know your life you could be listening to this podcast in the bath you could be in bed you could have this on in the background whilst you make love that would be weird don't do that that that's a very strange one I retract that statement <laughs> <laughs> Please don't be intimate with your partner and think, you know what would be great with this whole situation? Is if Graham was in the room narrating nonsense. That would be strange. We've taken a tangent right off the bat. But I got thinking. I got thinking because uh, someone asked me about something the other day. And that's usually what leads to me having a thought about something and following along. And then I realized as well it, it also... Uh, tracks a little bit more in terms of uh, a long history I've had with this thought topic that it's incredibly easy to forget what you're wearing. So someone complimented on me on my shirt the other day and I forgot what t-shirt I was wearing. So I had to look down and do the old, oh yeah, I'm wearing that t-shirt. I'm wearing my comatose and compliant t-shirt today. Uh, severe SBB, if you don't know. And I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, this has come up a little bit before because I I have a habit of decorating myself with my own history without realizing that I'm kind of doing it in a way. Um, I, I, I This morning I put a post up um about patches which I'd put onto my my bag one which was one is a uh, it's basically an emergency broadcast system slash color test sample patch which I got because I studied film and I really like that but also wanted a quick reference to early emergency broadcast system TV and I loved that idea and I put next to it a patch which was recently gifted to me by a very close friend uh, which is a hammer walking, and it's to do with the Brick in the Wall song, which some of you may know and I can't sing because YouTube will copyright strike me. So, you know, go go look up Brick in the Wall, and you will find it. Look up the music video. The music video kicks ass for that. But I was doing that, and I also put next to that a little, little pin, uh, which had a cat in a coffee cup called a Cat Pacino. And the, there's a story to even that. The story to that is that whilst I was on the train, uh, not the train, I was on the bus during the rail strikes, I lost two pins off my backpack, which is kind of annoying because I really liked those pins. But I lost two pins off my backpack. And then when I was sorting out my bag after I'd got off the bus, after a very long journey down to London, um, I was sitting there sorting that out and I realized someone had dropped a pin on the floor and it was damaged and it was a cappuccino so i picked that up i took that with me and now it's on my back and it's just riding along with me you know everything has a story is what i'm saying i mean i know i wax lyrical on this concept chases me topic but i i i emblazon myself with concepts so a while back and i do mean a long while back uh maybe i was still in school at the time maybe no, I was maybe in uni. I don't know. Either way, first year of uni or something like that. I wrote a, a short story. It wasn't really a short story. It was more like a diary page, not dissimilar to the zines I make uh, called Stories Which Go Nowhere, where I basically just described a series of events. And the series of events I described was visiting my granddad after he'd just gone into respite. And if you don't know, respite is when people come out of the hospital and they're 
usually older people, they're not quite ready to go back to their home and be independent. And it's kind of like an in-between ground. They can't stay at the hospital because they've been dealt with. They've been, you know, saved from whatever situation they had. And then they need to go in somewhere else where they can get care 100% of the time. And we went into, went to a care home in Scunthorpe and we went to visit him. And it was a very sad day. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a very, very sad day. And I wrote this short diatribe about it because what resonated me with visiting him was that at the time, I mean, I still dress fairly gothic now and fairly alternative, but it made me think more about what I was wearing that day. You know, I dress all in black and I was wearing a crucifix at the time and I had a t-shirt with images of death on it and I couldn't help thinking I'm dressing like I'm going to a funeral and I'm going to see my sick granddad in a home where he basically thinks he's on the way out and I'm I'm walking in there dressed like the Grim Reaper and it made me consider that and it made me think around how we put these images out into the world and the symbolism we accidentally project onto other people and then Obviously, that leads on to my other side of things of nowadays when people ask me about things and I forget that I'm wearing these icons and these images. Even now, when I think of, so I have a denim jacket. I have a couple of denim jackets because, you know, I'm kind of hipstery, whether you know it or not. Um, and on those jackets, I put patches and I put badges and I forget that they're on there. I have many things on there which have just kind of come and gone and i i do consider that i consider a lot of the conceptual value of what i'm putting out there and what i'm putting out into the world since i moved uh there's been more than one incident where someone's asked me about something and i've had to stop and think like oh crap i didn't realize i'd have to talk about this i didn't realize someone would ever ask me about something i'm wearing even though i wore it i I put it on something i said to myself this is the image i'm putting out into the world this is something i want to project a message i want to give and then you know, just assumed that nobody would be interested. I went to a gig um, re- fairly recently and see Screaming Females with uh, someone I work with. And the bartender asked me about a patch on my arm, which has the word union in it. And he, he asked me what union it was. And I thought to myself, what the fuck is he talking about? Union? I'm not part of a union. Um, and then I looked at my arm and it was the film photography union. And it's a fake union. You know, it's a patch for a fake union for film photographers, which I bought years and years ago. And it's been on my jacket ever since. And basically no one has ever asked me about it because unions, uh, you know, aren't as prevalent as they once were where I previously lived. And I kind of had to explain it. And I I felt somewhat stupid. I don't know. It relates back to my when you break things down, you know, objectively, everything is stupid. And I was telling this full grown man, I don't know, it's a... It's a patch for a fake union, which doesn't exist to do with film photography. But I got it because I believe that most people in vulnerable situations should unionize. And the creative industries is one of those things. But also it's just a good way for other film photographers to recognize that you shoot film and go, oh, hey, you know, I know you. Kind of like when you see two people driving the same car, you nod at each other as you're going past. You're like, oh, hey, that's, that's the thing. But that, that's a whole thing. And I, I, I was trying to taking a trip around my jacket of just different things and thinking, oh, hey, I, sh- I should maybe remind myself of why I added this. And I mean, I rotate things every so often. I change badges and switch things up and take patches off and put, take patches off. I've got a bear call, 
bear pin uh, on one of my collars, which was gifted to me by a friend. I've got a, a Russian uh, pin on my lapel, not my lapel, my pocket, which is uh, from a Russian children's show called Chabarushka, which is about like a small bear type creature and his alligator friend, which I got vintage from Etsy because when I was in school studying Russian, they showed us these children's shows, which is like a stop-motion bear from maybe like the 1920s, 1930s. And they showed us this to teach us Russian, to kind of get us used to the language and all that kind of thing. And I loved it because I love stop-motion. I love puppetry and everything like that. And I got a little pin. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a little Chabarushka pin on my, on my lapel. You know, I've got a bird patch on the front of my chest, which is from a, a talented friend who's been on the podcast who made it for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to put it on there. And I bought it. And I've got a Be Brave heart badge, which is on my other pocket, which I got the year my last relationship ended because I wanted to tell myself to be brave. I don't do positive affirmations for myself. I'm not that kind of you know person who stands in the mirror and hypes myself up. If anything, I wake up and be like, oh, this dickhead again. But no, I got that little badge. And I was like, you know what? I should... I should push some of that out into the world so i got that and that's been on there ever since it's never moved it's just just been there and recently i had a uh, beaker you know the the muppet beaker uh, bunsen and beaker the two scientists i got a beaker i added a patch of that to my arm on my jacket which used to be a sock everything you wear puts something out into the world and i think i've believed that for a very long time so if you didn't know in my long history of creating things for a short period of time maybe two years i was trying to stand up a clothing brand i i wanted to make t-shirts and wanted to make kind of an independent t-shirt brand to create conceptually led t-shirts and i had to go and pitch to get some grant money about why i was doing it and that was the core of my pitch the core of my pitch was that people care more and more about what they're wearing. People care more and more about where things come from and what their, their clothing says about them. So that's the the push I put into things, as it were, to kind of secure me this grant. And I did manage to secure it, and I managed to buy the PC, which I still use to this day, actually. It's kind of on the way out, because this was like 10, 15 years ago now, however long it was. And... There's something I still believe now. This is why I still produce T-shirts, right? If someone asked me, why don't you just produce prints? Or why don't you, you know, put it on stickers or do this kind of thing? And I'm like, well, a lot of the time I do that as well. But my initial thought sometimes is just this should be a T-shirt. This should be something conceptual which someone would wear. And I like combining that symbolism within conceptuality and clothing, like this t-shirt which I'm wearing right now. So this is my Comatose and Compliance t-shirt. I made it as a like an imitation parody brand of high-end fashion brands. And I wanted to take shots of that. But I also wanted to produce something kind of fun and stylish, which could be worn as an art piece on a person. And I do that with any design I put on a t-shirt. Some designs I won't put on clothing. Some designs I make specifically for clothing. And... I think that should come into consideration when people put clothes on. I think that uh, it falls into the fast fashion conversation. You know, fast fashion is a major problem within the world. And you see a lot of people just buying things to buy things. You know, someone will buy a shirt, someone will buy 
a coat, a dress, whatever they buy, and just buy it because it's on sale. You know, buy it because it's on the trend right now. Buy it because, like I mentioned in the very before, because it's got drip value. Because someone is seen wearing it, and they want to tie into that, and they want to be associated with that. And I find that, you know, I find that kind of fascinating. Especially, like, meeting new people and seeing people, especially on the subway, you, you kind of recognize people and you think, oh, what what do you think you're suggesting is the other side of things, right? I think there's a good conversation to be had about what people wear, not like why they're wearing it. And you have no say in what any one person wears. You know, that's not your your value to to say that, and it's not your responsibility to inject yourself into that conversation. By the way, just as a nice little sideline there, do not comment on other people unless they invite comment, right? But I think people misunderstand the projection that they put out. I think I discussed this a while back, maybe in the um, I'll Never Be Royal podcast, where, you know, someone wears a really expensive watch or really expensive jewelry, and they think that they're projecting out this image of, you know, abundance and wealth and power and security in themselves, and they love these these things and these objects, and they really want to suggest that. Whereas, to me, as someone who reads the world as I do... I look at it and I, I think that suggests an incredible amount of insecurity and I'm I'm kind of sad for them when I see it because I'm like, well, you yeah, you had all this wealth and you had all this money and you decided to drop it on on a on an object, like on a watch, on a functional object, which will get damaged, will get dirty, will get used day to day. And you only did it because you want that reputation which comes with wealth. And I think you can interpret things in, in many different ways, kind of thinking around that. Just off the topic, like as we roll into that, I think, oh, I've got a message. I think sometimes, obviously, this goes the other way. You know, people judge people by the clothing that they wear in negative ways as well. And, you know, I, as I say, I'm... I feel bad for these people, but those people might be happy, healthy within their lives. I look at a lot of people on the, the bus and the train and I think, I wonder what they think of me, you know? I wonder what they see when they look at me. I look at most people with a pretty blank value and I try to look at people with most of a blank value because people are people. But they're going to look at me in whatever way they want to look at me and I, I kind of hope I make their day better if they think, you know, whatever I'm wearing is maybe silly or ridiculous or... You know, maybe improve their day in some way. I don't want to ruin it at the same time. I also don't want to make anyone afraid with anything I'm wearing. I don't want to, you know, intimidate anyone or, or upset anyone with what I'm wearing. But at the same time, sometimes the things which you wear and you put on have to be intentionally upsetting. I mean, the back of this t-shirt has a pit bull who's comatose and on a drip feed. That could upset someone. There's t-shirts. I own a t-shirt. I made a t-shirt, which I, I can't wear in some places. You know, I won't wear to a restaurant and I won't wear it to places where there's going to be a lot of children. <laughs> and I think it's just this, this whole interesting conversation of how we took clothing and we we created clothing as a thing, right? Back in history. And clothing used to be such a symbol of everything, Right? For the royalty and the rich and the kings and the queens, there was so much symbolism thrown into garb, as it were. And I'm yes, I, I realize I'm exploring this very much as a conceptual English person. But they threw so much into it. You know, you'd have eyes sewn into 
the patterns of things and different animals represented different things and i discussed it before with tattoos and people representing themselves with animals and it was such an important you know message image and people were so good at reading those images they were so good at looking at everything and saying oh hey you know, this is this king, and this is why he's wearing this, and this is why this is on his crown, and this is what this symbol represents, and this symbol represents. And then when you looked at the commoners, you looked at the commoners, and you, you saw the clothes they were wearing, and they, all the clothes they were wearing were representations of their roles. You know, this person wears this type of material because they work in this kind of industry, and this is this hat because this hat's much more common with these kinds of workers. And as fashion and style and everything around us evolved and increased and the speed of everything increased, we were inundated with content and material and symbolism to such an extent that everything kind of flatlined. You know, everything kind of came to a point where it didn't really matter what you were because you can dress for an industry you don't work in. They, they say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. But I could dress like someone who's just, you know, rolled out of a factory and I could make that work. I could dress like someone who owns a Fortune 500 company and I could make that work. It's the clothing you were wearing is now just costuming, right? It's just costuming. So when I see people who will look at a store and they will look at you know anything which is being put out and they're only interested in it is because you know it's what's in fashion it's what's popular right now it's what's being sold to me and their instant reaction to it is oh yeah that's for me that's what i want that's you know that's everything i, I i've been looking for my mind gets blown because i'm I don't know why people want to remove their personality from their clothing, I guess is maybe the point I'm getting to. People are putting so much work into appearing like everybody else, you know? I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, in the, oh, all these people dress the same, oh, it's just a bunch of clones. No, anything like that, because they're not. They're, they're individual little bawling, bo bubbling boils of individual little bubbling balls of chaos but they're dressing themselves like the next mannequin on the line right the new uniform of the the working and middle class is no longer the uniform which is provided to you by your workplace it's the uniform which you're sold to by the corporation outside of your workplace who says oh hey you dress like this at work and you dress like this at home. Please go paint your kitchen beige and get yourself a marble cabinet. Like, everything about it just removes your edge of interest, I guess is the point. And that's that's where they become fascinating to me. I, I, I have a lot of interesting people on the show and I have people which I'm heavily interested in. And in many ways, I just, I want to sit down with someone who does a basic you know, data entry job and find out what makes them tick. Everyone has something and so many people are busy glossing over and painting over themselves in order to suggest that they have life together, suggest that they're part of this X, Y, and Z class group style and embrace that. And I, I, I realize as I'm saying this, that there is a level of comfort which comes with being included, right? And we can't discount that. We can't discount that as people. That there is a level of 
if I dress like them, then I am them. And if I am them, then I'm part of something larger than myself. And that's important. I mean, that's essentially how organized religions work. Is A lot of people get caught into faith and they get caught into the idea of believing because they want something like that. And I, I have no, no skin in the game of saying whether it's real or not. But that's how someone starts. You find someone who's insecure and you, you indoctrinate that. And when it comes to something so, you know, trivial but not trivial, like the clothes you wear every single day, that's like a really lasting impact. And a really lasting impact of how that person will grow up and how they will see themselves and how, maybe in, in many ways, how they'll behave when they get out into the world. All I'm saying, to bring this to a point, is you should consider what you're wearing. Not just from the point of view of what you put out into the world, but what the world gets back from you. And consider that wider view. And if, like me, you have built-in prejudices against various types of clothing, such as loafers or boots, you know, Ralph Lauren... Consider what's behind it. Sit and catch yourself. Catch yourself in that little brain stem jump where you're like, look at that prick. And just consider to yourself what, what they're hiding, what they're shadowing, what, what's going on in their world. Because you don't know their day. I don't know their day. I want to help those guys. I just, I don't quite know yet. Maybe I'll do a little zine. Maybe I'll do a little, a little choice essay. Little illustration. I don't know. But that's why I make concept clothing. That's why I make concept designs and put it on t shirts. That's why I consider what I wear from that aspect. I don't consider it from a style aspect. Most of the clothing I wear is the same color. I consider it from a point of view of this is what I'm saying to the world and this is what I will answer for should someone question me about what's on my clothing. But it's been interesting. A little exploration of self. And nice to be reminded of that essay. That essay had a happier ending, if anyone wondering. My granddad got out of respite. The respite place was not particularly nice. Um, but he got out of respite, he went to a much nicer home. He did sadly eventually pass on. But for a man who, from what I know, as little I know of his life, who didn't necessarily deal with the concept on a day-to-day, he still managed to teach me a lot. From living the life that he did. By just being there with the things they put out. On that summer note, stay safe out there, guys. And I'll talk to you.